You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 54. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about something I hear about quite a lot actually. This is this sensation and fear of slipping into old habits, right? Where you make progress and then for whatever reason something happens and boom, right? You're back, you're back to where you started. And I see this as being a lot of framing this as a larger topic of momentum. Right. And there's actually there's a quote in probably my all-time favorite stage musical which is Evita and the lyrics are written by Tim Rice and there's one lyric where it says something along the lines of sometimes it's very difficult to keep momentum if it's you that you are following right and I think we see this a lot because I hear people all the time and see people all the time saying, you know, wish me luck, be my accountability partner, you know, I need you to help me along with this and and all the rest of it. And while there's certainly an argument for having a supportive network, I'm going to talk actually about that today, I think that there's just something about being able to back ourselves, to know we will come through for ourselves, that we really, really will, right? can be a fun exercise actually stand in front of the mirror look at yourself and say I back you I'm with you all the way to the hilt we're going to do this but something that certainly comes into play here whenever we're making any kind of change in our lives is I think they call it negative confirmation bias right and that's essentially a fancy way of saying we're more likely to expect something to go wrong than to go right for us Right. Now, although life is a blank page and often you could say, you could argue, you can make the case that things can go 50%, there's a 50% likelihood things can go your way today or 50% likelihood they will not go your way, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. It is in the future. By definition, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We all seem to have a tendency to be on that, well, yeah, it's more likely you know, to not go our way. And this is understandable because this is down to how we're wired. This is back to our lovely brains again and how we're wired for survival. Staying alive is your brain's number one job. End of story. That's it. So of course, if there's anything out there that's going to make you feel afraid or fearful or you know, a little bit threatened in some way, your brain is going to want to you know, steer you away from that. It's just that our brain doesn't understand that applying for a new job is not the same kind of danger as running from a saber-toothed tiger, right? And, you know, we might joke about those sort of analogies, but really, truly, you know, that's how our brains are working. And that's why we're so fearful of change. And it comes down to anything. Anytime we do anything new from maybe having a different routine or meeting it with different people, or going to a new group, right? A new 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 party or a new hobby. There's some element of change we're fearful of that, and that happens actually even if it's something that you're choosing for what you think are very good reasons. So that's why we have that kind of conflict, right? You change your job, 
you want to change jobs for one where you're going to get more money and there's a better it's, it's just a better job it's a promotion and you might still feel quite afraid of that or perhaps you have saved up and you've got the money to put down the deposit on the house of your dreams but still you hesitate at that point before before going forward so that's how we're wired and while it might seem mad to say this I actually remember how helpful this kind of thinking is because I, I like to really see it as it's, it's just my brain trying to look out for me right so now when I'm doing something different or something new I expect to feel conflicted about it I expect my brain to not be fully on board with what I'm doing because I know my brain's just trying to protect me and do its job and keep me safe and I say that's very nice brain thank you very much but we're still going to do it anyway. Now, when we talk about being afraid of slipping back into old habits, and when it comes to drinking, perhaps that's, you know, back to work, I'm going to be drinking three glasses of wine every night, like I was before, and that's not what I want. Well, one of the reasons that I actually encourage fails along the way when I'm working with my clients is that changing your relationship with alcohol is actually a process. I actively encourage people to go out of their way to not be perfect, right? I want you to be, because I want you to be, get better at being intentional. I want you to be better at deciding with intention. That's more important in the early days than, you know, frankly, how much you drink on a given day. I want you to be intentional. I want you to decide with intention. I want you to feel courage, the, the wonderful, sensational feeling of courage really just ripping through your veins. And I want you to also feel the wonderful warmth, actually, I feel. It's a, it's a warm feeling of being really committed to yourself, right? So what I've explained there is I, I, I did a dig dive on it in the last podcast, my coaching frame of intention, courage, and commitment through really strong elements that come into play here but all of this when doing all of these things it right at bottom line it takes practice so of course I understand that you're going to be afraid of slipping into bad habits I am too now still I know how my brain's working but you know still have that fear so we don't want to rest on our laurels right we if something goes right we don't want to say right that's it sorted don't need to think about that anymore Right? Because I think that's an invitation where you know, we're, we're actually going to be sitting back and not putting our best foot forward. In fact, I am not the world's greatest skier by any stretch of the imagination. But I can tell you that pretty much every time I did something well on the slopes, which wasn't often, which is why I can remember it. Um, I'd, I remember in the moment thinking, wow, I did that right. That's so great. I wonder how long that's going <laughs> to how long that's gonna last and then I'd have kind of like a mini panic attack almost and then boom I'd fall over and it was just it's so weird right if I but if I wasn't sort of fixated on not making a mistake I'd be able just to carry on but I was so I did that well and I know oh gosh how am I going to replicate that you know I can actually feel my body tensing up as I talk to you yeah boom no wonder I fell over right I actually created I fulfilled my thought process there so I want you to be okay with failing and here's a thought I want to offer as you go through this to, for you to be thinking it's a process 
right? For all you coming from corporate or corporate types, that might resonate, right? We do so much in the process world. Or I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress or it's a process, something along those lines. I would much rather you perfect the process of adapting and giving things a go and figuring out what works and putting yourself in temptation's way and then just, you know, trying out different things with intention than trying so hard to get everything right that you're afraid of slipping into old habits because that's going to freeze you up and really at some point you're more likely to end back where you don't want to be. So now I'm going to give you seven ways, yeah, you don't have to use them all, seven ways for a strategy you can use to avoid, right, failing, being afraid of um, slipping back into old habits. And the first is visualization. I want you to use visualization to keep yourself focused on what you want, on best case scenarios, or even to start with on scenarios where, yeah, I'd be happy with that. You can do this for, for specific scenarios too. Things like if you have a Christmas party coming up, seeing yourself navigating the party or, or any challenging situation. See yourself having an uncomfortable conversation, perhaps at work, but getting your point across. Seeing yourself having a great time at the pub with just one glass of wine. Now, whatever challenging situation is coming up, in your mind's eye beforehand, see yourself accomplishing that. Now, for all of you who are currently screaming at me saying, ah, I don't do visualization, Anna, I can't do that stuff. It's too woo-woo, kind of sitting in my head. I'm no good at it and it won't help. I want you to consider that actually all of that is not true. I want you to consider that you already use visualization it's just that you do it for the worst case scenarios, right? Think about a time in your life, maybe when you've changed job. What are the thoughts that have gone through your mind? Oh, I can certainly tell you and relate to that when it would be, you know, what if they find me out? What if I'm not as smart as they think I am? What if I can't do the job? What if I'm unhappy there? What if I don't like the people? What if this is a terrible mistake? What if I underestimated the commute time? What if the company goes bust? I mean, you know, endless, endless what ifs, right? Will have been there so often. Let's say you're going to a happy hour. Or you've been invited out to drinks. It's happy hour, right? You might think, well, I'm going to go happy hour. I know I'm just going to drink too much. I mean, I, you know, I've got this. I, I don't want to. I really don't want to. I mean, I want to wake up tomorrow. I've got a lot to do tomorrow, but I just know I'm going to overdrink. And I'm going to walk in there and I'm, my, my, my resistance is going to crumble. My willpower is going to go to pot. And I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, bring it on and I'll become drunk. Right? We, we do that so easily. But I want to offer that still visualization. It hasn't happened yet. This is back to that blank sheet 50-50 scenario I was talking about just now. You know, things could, life could go one way or the other. And we tend to always imagine it's just going to go to the worst case scenario. We, our brains can grip onto that so easily because, again, they're wired for survival. So what I want to offer is why don't you think in a way that serves you? Even if in doing this visualization, let's say, of an upcoming works party, even if you will say you think it's, this is total fiction, <laughs> it's total fiction. I don't know why I'm doing this. Throw yourself into it. And you, even if you get one teeny tiny little idea 
or piece of inspiration that will help you, that idea, that one step forward is going to make all the difference between you having forward momentum and slipping back into old habits. And if it's just that one little idea, wouldn't that be worth it? So that's the first point I want to make. Now, the second thing I want to talk about here is focusing on what you want and on what you control. We control the experience we have always. We control that because we control it with our thoughts. So you could be, and you know this already, right? You can be at the most disastrous event. And if you find it funny, you're going to enjoy being there, right? And you could look at it and say, on paper, this is an absolute disaster. Caterers didn't turn up. There's this going wrong. That's gone wrong. You know, music doesn't work, all the rest of it. But we may do and we kind of had this fun thing, right? We create an event from our thoughts. And so when we're going into uh, situations by really um, being clearer on what we control and being clearer on what we want, so moving towards what we want. So I want to go to this event and I want to be connected with that person. I want to have a nice conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing this person over here. It'll be fun to be out in that town. I haven't been to that building before or there's a new house or all these things. You know, none of what I've said just now has anything to do with the alcohol. It's all to do what I'm moving towards, what I'm interested in, and that's, that is something that I control. Instead of focusing only on not drinking, right? So there's, you, yes, of course, you can be committed and focus on not drinking, absolutely. And if we spend more time focusing on those thoughts, feelings, and actions that are going to give us what we want, right? It's going to deliver things to us that make us feel good. Not only are we going to be happy with the results that we get, but we're also going to be feeling good because we're taking ownership of the process that we're using. We're taking ownership of the progress we're creating and therefore the success that we're creating from that progress. Curiosity helps with this a lot. We're just being curious about what we're thinking, and what our expectations are. And consider this. So this, this is something that happened. I was working with somebody and we were planning... Um, her attenders at an event and you know we were doing things like using visualization we were looking ahead we're making decisions ahead of time we're being very intentional and all that good stuff we did this great 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 process had pretty much all bases covered well a large number of bases covered but when she was actually at the event and yes the desire to drink then came along something completely unexpected happened she said that she felt the desire for a drink But then she immediately had the thought along the lines of, well, it's weird that I would want a drink now after being so sure beforehand that drinking doesn't solve anything for me, right? Now, in the planning that we did, all this extensive planning, at not one point did we have this thought come up. This this wasn't an anticipated scenario. But what happened, I think, was that because she was more aware and focused on being intentional about her drinking... She was curious about what was going on. And so she noticed this conflict that was playing out in her mind. She paused and gave herself space to evaluate the moment. And that created a state of absolute clarity for her. She decided in that moment, of course, she didn't want to drink. And it really wasn't a hard decision in the end because of what she was going towards and because she knew that she had spent all that she was so clear that she knew this wasn't serving her. This wasn't what she wanted for herself. I see this happen frequently and it shows up in many different guises. 
And what you will start to discover is that sometimes what you think you need in the moment, how you think you're going to feel or the, a feeling that's going to help you, that it's not actually the case. It's something else. And you get this. It's so fascinating. You get this from, from being awareness, from being aware, being in touch with what's going on in your mind and in your body and how you're feeling and whether you want to be there and all those things. So here's something to think about. And I, I want you to just imagine, I want you to imagine for a moment that if when you felt a craving or an urge, if when you have that desire, that your only job in that moment was to be curious. That's it, just to be curious. And this is especially for those of you out there who, who struggle, who still struggle with, you know, when an urge comes, what do I do? Right? To maybe just ask yourself, this is the, the beginning place, ask yourself, hey, what's going on this? What's going on now? What am I trying to teach me? What am I looking for now? What do I need? What am I telling myself I need right now? How am I showing myself what I really desire right now, even if it's not obvious to me? Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you I love the emotions of commitment and determination. And I'm not talking here in a graspy, white knuckly kind of way, but in the I have decided I'm going to do what I said I would. I'm all in. This is this just feels so right for me. Right? Very different to I've got to make this work. I've got to make this work. You know, I actually, even as I talk at the moment, you know, sort of my 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 fingers are moving into this kind of clutchy type thing. You know, my f fists are developing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a calm. I've just decided, and this is just the way it is. So those are great emotions, but sometimes you don't even need them. Sometimes all you need just a little bit of curiosity. Next point I want to talk about is, is actually celebrating doing the work, right? Now, I just want to slow down here for a second. I want to point out that you actually can celebrate the fact that you're, you've done the work before you've actually achieved the result that you're desiring. So often, you know, again, as I said, when I'm talking with clients about upcoming events and how they're going to handle them and what they're going to do, I love it when we're able to celebrate the fact that they're actually putting the time and the work to put that in right when they can step themselves through this this is something that we so often overlook and I think it is worthy of celebration so in the set preparation that you're doing especially in advance of all the party holidays at the end of the year don't just focus on discipline or saying no or how to keep your commitment even though those are elements for sure that are that are worthy I also want you to focus on do I want to go to this event <laughs> right Maybe you don't want to go. Would I choose to go to this event if there was no alcohol there? can give some interesting answers. And what do I want to get out of the event? What am I going to give to the event? Right? What is my exit strategy? How am I going to get home? All of those things are so important because it's all a form of backing yourself. You're giving yourself the best opportunity for success. And planning ahead is one of the key tools you have at your disposal to avoid slipping into old habits, right? See how this is going? So even if you've had a disastrous event, doesn't mean that the next one has to be too. There's no reason you need to be afraid of slipping into old habits because you know how to plan ahead, right? You know how to think about the event, so just do it this next time. And then when you do have success, my friends, please own it recognize that it is you who created this success you did it that it's not a fluke that you didn't manage to 
you know, not drink so much because maybe your friend wasn't drinking or they didn't have the wine you like, and whatever reason, no, own that you created that for yourself. Because any of those situations, I bet I could find, you know, double the reasons why you could have gone against yourself and drank against your own will. All right, so it's not a fluke. And the reason why this is important is not just, you know, it's nice to feel good about yourself, but you're giving your, you're showing your brain how you did it so that you can repeat it again. Right, you can go back and dissect what happened, see how you created the result, and then you can then repeat it. This is all about challenging yourself on your beliefs. But when you don't take ownership for the success you're creating, right, by seeing, well, this was the thought that I had actually in the moment, this was how I was feeling, and that led to the action, which was the action that I wanted. When you don't take ownership for this, you become very fearful. I can see how you make sense that you're, you would be fearful that your progress is going to slip away. And you're kind of in that phase of being on tenterhooks, kind of waiting for it to blow up, right, to go all wrong, like, like me on the skis that I mentioned just now. And I know this is a huge thing, and I work on this with so many people, and it's absolutely a huge thing I had to work on with myself. I had to just back myself, you know, experience what was going on, take credit for it, where credit was due know that I had created that for myself that I understood how that happened and then move forward as you are going through this transformation with yourself around alcohol it's so important to surround yourself with content that helps things like success stories of people who've changed their drinking or frankly who've made any you know major transformations in their lives now that's not to say I'm not telling you have to ditch certain friends Right, maybe some friends that you only go out drinking with. But I do, with this awareness, I would offer, you might want to start asking, do I really want to hang out with these people? I mean, I, I may have mentioned on the podcast, what I, ha- I used to have a couple of friends and they were great fun. My husband and I, we sort of used to go out as, as couples together. But then it kind of hit me that all we used to do was go to the bar. When we went to visit them. All you do is go and sit in the bar with them. I mean, literally all day. It was very tedious. I mean, it was all fun, a bit fun to start with, but it became very, very tedious and it just wasn't something I wanted to do. And so we started hanging out less and I didn't really, didn't really miss them, right? It really wasn't something, it wasn't a part of my life. It wasn't something that, that fitted in with, with my life. So you might start to question what you want from your life and, you know, do you want the same thing as them? And is, is it conducive to what you want to hang out with them? I, I'm not saying run away from temptation I would never say that I think actually being in front of face of temptation is a great way to learn but I also don't want you to be putting yourself in situations where you just won't want to be I mean that's no fun if alcohol is the only reason you're in that situation you probably want to change being in that situation right it's not beneficial to you other things that you can do in terms of surrounding yourself with like-minded people is to do things like listen to this podcast and others are available but you could also take it a step further and decide to work with a coach. I work with people all day, every day, who are changing their relationship with alcohol. Right? I personally haven't had any desire for drinking around three years or so. So I normalize for my clients that not drinking or drinking in a planned way out of choice, that, that's, that's normal. This isn't some weird thing that, that only a few weirdos do because everyone in society drinks. And I don't have to think about trying to think or act in a certain way around alcohol. I just, I just do. It's just totally normal to drink water instead of wine. Totally. It's just totally normal to celebrate 
with water, not champagne. Right? It's totally normal when I feel terrible. There are times I feel terrible to not resort to wine to drown my sorrows. And in fact, I often have the reverse thought these days. So thank goodness I'm not drinking because I know that is the last thing I need right now. Right? So I don't have to think about any of that stuff. It's just who I am. It's my identity. That's what I offer. That's what I offer you, offer my clients. So surround yourself with people like that. It'll be tremendous help to you. Finally, just keep on practicing. I mean, that's the best way of not slipping into the old habit is to practice the new one. And the really, really cool thing is, I just love this, that the more you practice the new behaviors and the new ways of working, the, you know, the way, way you want to live, you know, the not drinking, the drinking less, the planning, the drinking, all that stuff, the more that just becomes standard operating procedure, right? Eventually the brain gets on board, thinks, aha, uh -huh, so this is the way we do things now. When we feel bad, we don't overdrink, or when we feel bad, you know, we go and get a cup of tea, right? Or when we're celebrating, all we want to do is just feel the, the sheer joy of celebration rather than drinking wine, right? That becomes the way you are. And so you create the future that you want now. And the more you do it, the more the brain just gets on board. Your brain is not gonna be motivated to, to encourage you into drinking. It's not gonna have those desire creating thoughts in you if you just don't follow through on the act of drinking. The brain's inherently lazy. It doesn't want that. Okay, so that's the podcast for today. So in summary, even if you might be feeling scared at times and you might be feeling um, afraid of slipping into old habits, just know that it's your brain that's acting as designed. Right? It's not unexpected. It's trying to keep you safe. It's totally fine. You can be not freaked out about it. But by using curiosity and seeing your transformation as a process, celebrating the steps you're taking, as well as the results you're achieving, that's when you get into the territory of it's done. It's done energy is the most amazing place to be. And for those of you listening who want to have this done, I can help. I say I have the best job in the world because I do deal in miracles every day. Like my client who told me the other week that being able to cook dinner without drinking was a miracle. I believe her. I still remember that for myself. And that can be so for you too. However much you doubt it at this moment, it is possible. Now I have some space opening up in my one-on-one -on -one calendar. Don't wait for January. Apply now. Do this for yourself and make yourself proud. You can do that by going to my website, 90dayslater.co and clicking on the big blue button book a call at the top of the page. Okay, that's it for this week and I'll see you next time. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.